Okay, so today's daf is Kuf Yud Chet in Sachim. We are on Kuf Yud Zayin Amud Bet at the bottom of the Amud with a new uh, new Mishnah, and uh, the, we're continuing with the order of the said there, basically. Mazgulo Kos Shlishi Mevarech Al Mizono. So when the first, the third cup is for Berkat Hamazon, uh, and Revi'i Gomer Alav Et Halel. So the fourth, we say the Halel. Omer Alav Berkat And the Gemara is going to explain what is Berkat the blessing of the song. What exactly that is, is going to uh, be discussed. And of course, the Rishonim here bring the whole question of the fifth cup that some people put for the Kos Shalaliyahu or whatever it is, the fifth cup that some people have. But uh, it doesn't mention that, obviously, anywhere in the Gemara. So now, between these cups, if he wants to drink, he can drink as much as he wants, but between the third and fourth, he shouldn't drink. And the Rashbam brings you a that says we don't want him to get drunk uh, and not complete the Halil. So we don't want him to drink anything between third and fourth cup. During the, if he wants to drink between second and third when he's eating the meal, it shouldn't be a problem. And even between first and second, since he's eventually going to eat, I guess the the... the the assumption is he'll be okay, but if he drinks between third and fourth, it would be a, uh, could be a problem. Now the Gemara says, "You see from here, Birkat Hamazon requires a cup." Now, of course, we've seen many times that uh, this discussion comes up in the Gemara, and usually the Gemara seems to lean towards the view that Birkat Hamazon does require a kos because it's always assuming that you know, even to the point of requiring, but saying that a person should eat before Havdalah, or that they should be able to say Birkat Hamazon with a cup, it seems to always favor that view. So he says, "You see from." Here from the fact that the third cup of the said there is kos shel berkat hamazon. Obviously, you need a kos shel berkat hamazon because the other ones, you know, because they have a kiddush, you have a cup, and each each mitzvah has a cup, and so obviously berkat hamazon. So if berkat hamazon didn't require a cup, then you'd be able to have only three cups at the said there, right? So obviously, it must be that berkat hamazon requires it. So Amalek said to him, "No, no. There's two different concepts. One is that the rabbis wanted there to be four cups. That's one concept." Okay, and then kolchad vechad naved be mitzvah. What do we do once we have four cups? In other words, you might have thought the Gemara was thinking that what that each mitzvah requires a cup. So therefore, if berchad hamazon didn't require a cup, so then there would only really be three requirements of a cup for uh, for the seder. But saying no, four cups is a, it, the rabbis made four cups der chirut in order to show. Uh, uh, freedom and and uh, celebrate freedom, and then they said, since we have four cups, we should tie each cup to a mitzvah, one of the mitzvot of the seder. But that was, in other words, there's two independent things. One is to have four cups, and yeah, birkat tamazon doesn't necessarily require a cup every time. But since we're already here saying birkat tamazon, and we have this cup that we have to attach to a mitzvah, we'll attach the birkat tamazon. Now, the fourth cup we say halil, and we do birkat tashir, whatever that is. And of course, the gemara is going to ask, "My birkat tashir, what is birkat tashir?" Rav Yehuda Omer, "Yahalilu Hashem Eloheinu." After Halil, when we say uh, full Halil, we always say Yahalilucha, right? And Bochat Hashem Elech Meulal Batish Machot. He says that's what Birkat Hashir means, a blessing on Halil, meaning we conclude with the blessing of Bochat Hashem Melech Meulal Batish Machot. After the Halil of the Seder, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Nishmat Kolchai. Now we know we say Nishmat Kolchai at the Seder, right? So he says, no, what Birkat Hashir means Nishmat Kolchai. Why? Because he's saying that it must be something in addition. 
Different order of what, how they put it. Let's leave that for now. But the point is, it's a long daf, we'll never get through it. But we also say, Right? There's 26, right? Hodula ela shamayim kile olam chazdo is the last one, right? So uh, we have twenty six uh, hodus or twenty six psukim that have kile olam chazdo. It's in the it's in the sidur, right? That's called halela gadol because you say kile olam chazdo twenty six times. Yeah. So the uh, although it's going to give another reason why it's going to give like a drash reason why we call it halela gadol. Why is it so big? But uh, but really um, that's what that's what's called called halela gadol. So, um, and there was a whole question. There's a question in the, um, there's a question in the Gemara Bachot asks, why don't we say Halela Gadol instead of Ashrei? Because it also says, it's, it's very, it has the same concept of Poteach et Yadecha. Anyway, but it's called Halela Gadol. It says we include that, and that we do include that. Some say that you should also include Mizmola um, David, Hashem Nobody does that in the Seder that I know of. Right? But that's, yeah, in Shabbat we said, Mechan, Halela Gadol. Where do you start Halela Gadol from? Rabbi Udaumer, Mehodu, Adnarot Pavil. That's the way that we do it, right? Starting from Hodu, Lashem Kitoki, Lam Chasdo, Hodu, Lelohim, Kilom Chasdo, Lelohim, Kilom Chasdo, etc. Until Hodu, Lela Shamaim, Kilom Chasdo. That's the order of Halela Gadol. Uh, and really, by saying Adnarot Pavil means until the next parak, meaning just that one chapter is all you read, right? Or just a chapter. Of Hodul Hashem Kitov, it's Kuflamid Vav, not Kuflamid Zayin, which is Al Narot Bavel. In other words, you just say that one Perik of Tehillim. That's it. Rabbi Yochanan Omer, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, we should expand it. Mishira Malot Ad Narot Bavel. We should go from Shira Malot, which is going back already two more chapters, because 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 actually. because actually, no, it's two. Because before it is uh, the other uh, is the other uh, mizmor. It's um, the one that actually is in the, on Shabbat morning that we say right before it is actually before it in Tehillim, right? Mm-hmm. It's right. That's that's uh, that one is is actually right before it. So it's a it's Shira Ma'alot. It's going back two chapters, going back to Kuflamid Dalit. Right, so then you would have Kuflamid Dal, Kuflamid Hey, Kuflamid Vav. According to this, three chapters. Right, Ravachamar Yaakov Miki Yaakov Chaloya Adnarot Bavel. Now that would mean going into the previous chapter. In other words, if you look at it as we have, if you look at the Sidur of uh, of Shabbat, it has it, it. Basically, that's what we say. We say, you know, we say these mizmorim, and then we say, uh, and then we, we say the two mizmorim and Halila Gadol. So if you go back one chapter, you're going back to the previous chapter, immediately previous chapter. Um, let me just remember what the first words are because I, it's, I, I'm about to build it I can't, I can't go backwards in my brain. I, I can only go forward. But yeah, if we if we look back, so this is so um, everyone agrees you have to do. What do you have? How far back do you have to go? So according to um, according to, how is right? The 
is right before. Right then it's Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Shem Hashem, Hallelujah, Hashem, Shem Hamdim Bevet Hashem, Chatzot Bet Eloheinu. That's that's Kuv Lamed Hey, and then Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilom Chazdo. That's Kuv Lamed Vav. Okay, so according to Rabbi Yochanan, we should go back to Shiram Alo LeDavid Lulei Hashem Shahayalanu, right? Which is two two uh, chapters back. According to Rav Achavar, go, go to the previous chapter. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hashem, Hashem, Hallelujah, Hashem. But he says to go into to start at Pasuk Gimel. Actually, Ki Yaakov Hallelujah Yisrael Sgulato, which is the third third Pasuk of that Perik. And Tosafot says, Oh, you see, it's from it's from here. It seems like maybe they had that as a separate Perik, right? They had that as the beginning of the Perik somehow. But uh, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hashem, no. Yeah, I was thinking that also because Tosafot takes it literally and says that uh, that maybe it's um, maybe it means to, that they had a separate parak. What's halu halu Hashem Hashem? There's a lot of those, right? Halu yeah. Avdei Hashem. There's there's probably a lot of halu halu ya halu Hashem Hashem. There's few of them, so maybe they had to say that. I was thinking that also could very well be. In any case, the point is that they're going back further. Now nobody actually does that. We only do Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilam Chaston On. Right? Why is it called Halel Gadol? The big Halel. Because it's uh, Hashem is is Berumoshel Olam. He's you know he's on high, so to speak, and yet he takes care of every single creature's parnasa. And Rashi says, and this is Davar Gadol. It's a great thing that Hashem, who is so transcendent, would take care of every creature, even a tiny ant. Hashem provides the parnasa and sustenance. That's a great thing. So it's called Halel Gadol. Why are there twenty six hodus in that in a, in psukim in in Gadol? It's not it's not necessarily they're not all uh, the word hodu, but the point is that there are twenty six psukim. There were twenty six generations prior to the giving of the Torah that Hashem still kept everyone alive. Hashem, in other words, once there was a zechut of the Torah to keep the world going and to receive the, to receive the uh, uh, parnasan, to receive uh, sustenance, so we had a zechut to point to the Torah. But before that, Hashem just kept the world alive by His chesed alone, and that's why there's 26. For 26 to, you, you have to talk to him about the options. I'm not sure. Right, what does it mean? I mean, the assumption is that if Adam and Chava had been uh, so great, Great, they would have gotten the Torah. I mean, I, I suppose you know that that would be the assumption. Anyway, in other words, in any generation, it could have been Zochet. There's no rule that he had to wait until Avraham Avinu. Anybody could have been Avraham Avinu before that. They they, they, they chose not to. You know, it's not like uh, we don't believe in predestination. Anyway. What does it mean? Praise Hashem because He's good. Hashem makes you pay your debt from what He gave you. Right? In other words, he gives you that with which you can pay your debt to him. Ashir b'shoro. If a rich person does bad, right, what does Hashem do? He takes his ox, meaning he has to bring a korban. Right? But who gave him the ox? Hashem gave it to him. So he has to give it back, so to speak. Right? And vet ani b'seyo. Yeah. That you, that you get from someone else. Yeah. B'seyo. He gives a, the, uh, the, the poor person has a sheep. He doesn't have an ox. He doesn't have as much. Yatom. Uh, if it's an orphan, bebetzato, it's uh, with his egg, and almana uh, betanegolta. And if it's an uh, if it's a widow, it's with the uh, with her uh, with, with her chicken. In other words, everyone has what they have. You know, they're able to use what they have to uh, to get a kapara 
without, uh, you know, what Hashem gives. So, kitov, kilom chasdo, means that Hashem's chesed is that He gives us that with which we, um, we pay back, or that with which we, uh, we, we gain kapara. Now, Amr Yochanan, kashim b'zonotav shel adam, kiflaim kiyoleda. It's twice as hard, don't tell your wife this, but um, it's twice as hard to make a parnasa than it is to have a child. Very politically incorrect. Because when it comes to a woman giving birth, it says, right, with suffering. That's just worse. It's a longer word. It's more difficult for a person to get parnasa than it is to redeem the world. Because with Yaakov, it says, an angel saved him from trouble. But that's Malach Ba'alma. It's only, a, only an angel. But when it talks about the one who provided him with Parnasar or Eoti, the one that shepherded me, he says, Ha Elohim, God directly. In other words, Hashem directly provides the Parnasar, but saving you from trouble here and there, that could be a Malach. It seems like the Malach Right, that's he's a Malach, means that he's a messenger anyway of Hashem. Yeah, a Malach by definition. It's right? level. Yeah. Um, it's like people make a mistake and they, th- they say, sh- they, when they're singing Shalom Aleichem and they say, uh, uh, Malchei HaMalachim, you know? It's a, uh, yeah. It's, uh, but they, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, a messenger of Hashem. Right? Hashem said to Adam that thorns and thistles are going to sprout up for you when you eat. Because the main part of the pasuk that it wants to focus on, because he's going to say that uh, that zalgu enav dmaot. He started crying. Adam Rishon is crying over this. My donkey and I are going to eat from the same trough. Meaning, uh, you know, you're going to you're telling me vechaltat esvasadeh. You're saying I'm going to eat grass. I'm going to eat grass just like the uh, just like the donkey eats the grass. Once he heard no, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat bread. In other words, I'm going to eat a, dig- a human food, right? Originally, he thought you're going to eat like an animal. You're going to eat out of the ground. No, you're going to eat human food. It's just going to be very hard. Then he felt better. Now it, here you have Rabbi Shimon said, and there's different girsaot here. He says Im Now. That would seem to mean um, it would be better if we had uh, if we if we had gone the first way. It would have been less work. You could have just eat the grass. But that's that's what it sounds like. Our version says on the side it says that's another version. That we didn't end up the, the way. But if you ask any vegan, you know they eat grass all the everything they eat is grass and vegetables out of the ground. You know. And the sprouts and this and that, we still eat all kinds of things out of the ground. It's not like we totally uh, got out of that. We still, you know, it's just, uh, it's just that that's not the main diet. <laughs> That the parnasava uh, person is more difficult than splitting the seed. Because it's one of the things in the hodu list of the 26 is but it also says right? And near it is it's not right next to it though. It's not exactly the same pasuk. The is what? It's cafe, right? And uh, oh, they didn't even bring that pasuk of but it's not right next to it, but it's close. Right, the point is that it's on the same list. In other words, on the same list that it mentions that Hashem provides parnasa. He also mentions that he split the sea. So it's not such a simple thing. That when a person has uh, basically uh, constipation, 
you know, that it's like dying because he can't function, right? And, and the healing of it is like uh, the splitting of a zish. And this pasuk is uh, not, you know, is, is being interpreted, obviously, in, in the context as a type of a metaphor. But here they're taking it actually more literally maybe than... Uh, then, uh, then you would think. But when the closed up thing hurries to open and the rest of the puzzle is the person won't die. Meaning when he can't go to the bathroom, it's like he's going to die. Right? And it's true. If a person couldn't, if it didn't function, then you know, we say because yeah. right? if something closed, he would not be able to live. Right? And then right after that, it says that Hashem is the one that moves the uh, waves of the sea. So in other words, the same way that Hashem keeps the... Uh, the the um, uh, body functioning it, and it does the kriyat yamsuf. You know, it, it's one of the things that I think that uh, the Gemara mentions a lot, and maybe it's something to reflect on. Is that you know we t- and the and the Rambam. It's a big one of the big points of the Rambam that he talks about quite a lot. Is that a person tends to only see God in the most extreme miracles, but we don't see the miracles that are around us all the time. And the fact that the body functions uh, in such an incredible way is a, is, an, is a miracle. You know, when you study biology and you see how the body works, it's a miracle and it's incredible how it works. And instead, they, they don't see that. They only see, you know, kriyat yamsuf. They don't see the miracles that are with our, you know, with, with us every day. And that's a shame. Now, anybody who disgraces the holidays. Now, the Rashbam quotes from, uh, is really basing himself on Perkei Avod. It says that it's referring to Chola Moed. It's like worshipping idols. Because there are two psukim next to each other. One says, uh, don't make idols. And the other one says, you should keep the holidays. And the Rajbam says, it's not just talking about keeping the holidays normally. It's talking about not, not the days of the Yom Tov, but even the Chola Moed, that a person has to be respectful and honor the Chola Moed. If you say or you receive, you accept it, uh, you tell false testimony about another person. You should be thrown to the dogs. Because it says you, that you should throw the trefa when it's talking about the the They should throw it to the dog, and then right after it says you shouldn't take a false report. Meaning, first of all, you shouldn't believe a report of somebody that tells you Lashonora, but also the you also shouldn't cause to be heard a false report. In other words, that could mean either spreading slander, or saying things that don't have any toilet, they have no function, you're just saying bad things, or coming and telling falsehood in the court, certainly. And it's right next to Lakelev Tashlichunot. I think that's something Kim Jong un he does also, he throws people <laughs> dogs, right? Yeah, and since we have Halela Gadol, Anan Hai. So why do we say regular Halel? This Halel is beautiful, this tournament. 26 Pasuk Halil. So what is the problem with uh, with um, saying that? Why do we have the Halil that we say for the Chagim? What's the reason? Mishum sheyesh bo chamishat There are five things in the regular standard holiday Halil that, are, don't, that don't appear in this Halil gadol. Right? So what are they? It says sheyesh bo chamishat varim halalu. Yitziat Mitzrayim, Exodus from Egypt, although that is in the um, that is in the Halil Gadol. Ukriat Yamsuv, Umatan Torah, the giving of the Torah, Utchiat Ametim, the resuscitation of the dead, Bechevlosh El Mashiach, the suffering of the Mashiach, meaning the the growing pains of the Mashiach when he comes, right? Not the suffering of the Mashiach himself. We're saying the suffering that comes with the advent of the Mashiach. Now Yitziat Mitzrayim Dichtiv, Betzayit Yisrael Mitzrayim, right? So we know the second paragraph of the Halil, Betzayit Yisrael Mitzrayim, Betzayit Yisrael Mitzrayim, Ukriat. 
out Yam Suf, Dikhtiv Hayam Avayanos. Right? It says, when it says Hayam Avayanos, what's it talking about? That the, the ocean saw and ran away. It's, uh, it's using an anthropomorphic term to refer to the ocean running away, but what it really means is that the sea split to allow the Jews to go through. Right? That's what it means. When it says that the, uh, the mountains were dancing, what it's talking about is the heart, is, is, is Har Sinai. It means the mountains that were, the, the mountain where the Torah was given. Right, it says, I will walk before Hashem Hayim, in the land of the living. It's a, it's a hint to the idea of Metim. Okay? Or to, uh, also Olam Abba, many people say, but Olam Abba or Metim, either way. Um, that Lolano Hashem Lolano Kiddushimchaten Kavod is talking about the arrival of the Mashiach. That this is talking about. The, um, the Rabbi Yochanan had said that this is talking about the um, the servitude that we, uh, you know, the, the subservience to the nations of the world. Okay, in other words, that we say to Hashem, we ask Hashem to save us from the uh, from our servitude to the nation of the world, not for our own sake, but for the sake of sanctifying His name, so that we wouldn't be seen. So, for many, for thousands of years, really, the Church said that the proof that the Jews are rejected by God and that God hates them is that they are spread out all over the. Uh, you know, all wandering Jew, and they have no homeland, and they have no no and no sovereignty because God is punishing them for not accepting JC. And then, of course, that's why to this day the Vatican doesn't recognize uh, the state of Israel officially because they can't because it it contradicts all their theology of uh, thousands of years of saying that the Jews will never go back because uh, because God rejected them. In any case, that's what he's saying. To honor Hashem, that they, the nations shouldn't say that we were rejected by God. Um, and, and, you know, that just because the uh, Christians are so powerful that, that, that they use that as a proof for so long that the Jews were, uh, you know, were low, rejected. Some, some, the, another version of Rabbi Yochanan was that he said that when, the, when are we going to say save us, but not for our own sake, it's going to be this is the Armageddon war that's supposed to occur around the time of the coming of the Mashiach. It's described in Sefer Yechezkel and, uh, yeah, Gogo Magog. Also, another great thing about the Halil that we say is it mentions how the Tzadikim will be saved from Geinam. Please Hashem, save my soul. Okay, in other words, that's also an idea in the Halil that we don't have in the Halil Agadol. It also has a revis, it has a hint to the idea of the Tzadikim going into the, into the furnace of fire and coming out, meaning the miraculous salvation of the Tzadikim. And now it's going to tell us a little story within a story. Okay, that when Hananiah, Mishael, Vazariah were thrown into the fiery furnace by Nebuchadnezzar because they refused to bow down to the golden idol that he had set up to deify himself, Right after he had the dream that Daniel interpreted for him, uh, and the uh, and in the dream the gold w- represented him, but all the other parts represented the other kingdoms that are going to take over after him, and so on, and that it was eventually going to crumble and all of that. So he made an idol all of gold of himself to say, no, there are there isn't going to be any other. Uh, Future, it's only going to be me always, and you know all that, and then he made everyone bow to it. And then when they didn't bow, they get thrown into the kivshana esh. So Chananiah, Mishael, Bazariah were thrown in. When we know we mentioned them as lichot also, right? We mentioned them as lichot all the time that they they were willing to give up their life rather than bow to uh, bow to an idol, and they they survived miraculously. So they said lolano Hashem lolano. Amr Amr Chananiah Chananiah said lolano Hashem lolano. Right. So meaning that that was a quote, that Pasu, he said, don't save us for your own sa- for our sake, save us for your sake, Hashem. Mishael said, because we want to give 
uh, you know, we want to give honor to your name, right? On your kindness and your truth, Amar Azariah. So it's this thing that these three psukim were said by the three people thrown into the kivshan ha'esh, into the furnace, in order to ask God to save them from being destroyed. Lama yom wagoyim, right? Why should the people say, Aye Elohim, right? Why should the people of the, why should the nations of the world say, where is, uh, you know, uh, where is their God, right? Right? Amru kulan. That's what they all said, right? So they, that quote, Ilama yom wagoyim, amru kulan, they all said that, right? So now, so aliyatan mikivshana ish. Where do we see a remez, a hint to, to the fact that they were saved from the furnace? So in other words, that's all what they were saying before they got thrown in. That why should this be a chilul Hashem? That people are going to say, see that the, these servants of God got thrown into the fire and God let them burn up and they didn't care and therefore it's not real, right? So where do you see a sign that there's a mention of the tzaddikim being saved from fire? Because then it says, Halu at Hashem kol goyim, that all the nations should praise God. Amar Chananya. That's what Chananya said after they were saved, right? Shabachu kol haumim, Amar Mishael. Mishael said, everyone should praise Hashem. Ki gavalenu chasdo Amar Azariah. And Azariah said, because he was go- so good to us, right? Uh, and everyone said because the truth of Hashem is forever so that's uh, in other words these Tukimara Rem is a hint to the story of the uh, three that were thrown in some say that no actually Gabriel the Malach was the one who came and saved them is the uh, is the one who said that last line of Ve'emetash, the truth of Hashem is forever. And interestingly, if you look at the story, it says that Nebuchadnezzar saw inside like some some like divine figure, right? Some kind of a angelic figure in the fire that was saving them from it. So he was able to see that God saved them, you know, in some way. Even though the people who actually threw them in the fire, they themselves got burned up because they died. It says the people who threw the three into the fire, the fire came up and it actually consumed them, but they were saved, right? So now. Amar Gavriel, if Nagalosh Barucho, I'm sorry, skip the part. Right, so so Bishashi pil nimro da Roshat Avraham Avinu letoch kifshanesh because this is not a uh, recent phenomenon. This happened to Avraham Avinu also with with Nimrod that Nimrod wanted to throw Avraham into the fire because he didn't want to worship idols. Amar Gavriel, if Nagalosh Barucho, Ribono Shalolam. Right, so the Gavriel said to uh, the Hashem, Master of the World, Ered Vatsanen, let me go cool off that fire, Vatsilat Tzadik Kibshana Esh, and I will be able to save uh, this righteous person. Amalu Akadosh Baruchu, Ani Yachid Bolami, Vuhu Yachid Bolamo. I am unique in my domain, and 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 Avram is unique in the world. It's better for the unique to save the unique. Meaning, I'm going to do a, a miracle without any intermediary to save Avraham Avinu from being burned. But since he didn't want to take away the reward from Gavriel that he wanted to save Avraham, even though he didn't give him the permission to do it, so in the future you'll be able to save three of his descendants. He'll save Hananiah Mishav Azariah from the, uh, from the furnace in the future. Right? Since they don't age out of the uh, job, the Malachit, so it's going to be around, you know, it's going to be around. So, Darash Rav Shimon HaShiloni. So, Bishashi, Pilak Nebuchadnezzar Rasha, Hananiah Mishav Azariah, Toch Kivshan Ha'esh, Amad Yurkimu, Sarah Barad. So, this is, a, this is the, um, you know, the cabinet of the uh, Shamaim. You know, there, there's somebody who's in charge, the, is the uh, is in charge of the you know the uh, the officer of the barad of the uh, of the hail right so uh, he didn't have to be confirmed by the con- Congress and Senate he's just you know he just gets that ministry from Hashem so he said let me go so the the officer of uh, of hail wanted to just like rain on the on the furnace and just like save Michel Vazar and Chanel from the um, 
from the Kivshan by like extinguishing it just with, with hail. But Hashem said, Amar Gavriel. Gavriel said, no, in that won't be a Kiddush Hashem. It'll just be, look like an accident. Like uh, basically uh, it started raining and the, and the plot was foiled by the rain, but that would just seem like a happenstance. That wouldn't be good. Because everyone knows that water extinguishes fire and there won't really be any kind of miracle there. It will just look like an accident and they'll try again tomorrow to throw them into the fire. It won't really do anything. Right? But I am in charge of fire. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and make it cold inside and I'm going to make it really hot outside. Right? It will be a double nest. In other words, the fire is going to explode outward and burn the people who threw them in. Right? Those guys who threw them in are going to burn up, but inside it's going to be cool and they're going to be saved. That'll really be a nice. So, so Hashem said to him, Red, go do it, because last time I didn't let you save Avram Avinu, this time I'm going to let you do it. And so, Hashem is always true. He fulfills his promise. Rabbi Natan, Omer, uh, the fish in the sea said, Right, so that, that they were the ones who said it because 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 Rafuna said that the Jews at the time of the splitting of the sea had were lacking faith. They didn't fully trust God. Because like Rabbi Bar-Mori said, it says in Tehillim that they rebelled at the sea at Yamsuf. They, they rebelled. In other words, they said, ah, we don't really believe that the Egyptians drowned in the sea. Just like we came out on this side, they also came out on the other side. It's, they're also alive. Right? It, it didn't really destroy them. Right? So Hashem said to the the uh, pr- the angel in charge of the ocean pilot otanayabasha spit them out onto the ground wait a second you get your your you know you gave me these uh, th- these bodies to fertilize the sea or whatever you know to feed the fish and now you're going to take back the gift that you gave me. You know, that's not fair. You know, how could you do that? Right? Um, we used to call it Indian giver, but now it's politically incorrect. I'm going to give you 1.5. What you get? In other words, give me it back, and I'm going to give you interest, 50% uh, interest back. Right? Give me it back. There's only one problem. What am I going to do? I'm going to sue you to, to return it? How am I going to get it back? How do I, how do I know you're really going to return it? Right? I have a, a guarantor, which is the Nachal Kishon. Okay, the river Kishon is going to return it to you, right? So miyad palat otan So the sea spit up all of the bodies of the Egyptians onto the ground. Ubau Yisrael ve'otan, and the Jews saw them, and that's why it says vayar Yisrael et Mitzri et Mitzrayim et Asafatiyam that the Jews saw the Mitzra, the Mitzrayim dead on the seashore, right? So my echad How do we know that Hashem paid back 150 percent of what he got? The ilu He gets good return on his invest, investment. This ocean, you know. We, he, but, uh, when it comes to Paro, he had only 600 uh, chariots. But in the case of Sisra, he had 900. So that's, that's already 1.5 times. They came, Sisra came, and they had like these um, spears that were made of uh, iron. And what happened was, 
and Hashem brought the stars to heat them up. Because it says that uh, that uh, that the, the stars from heaven fought against Sisra. That's what it says in Shirat Dvorah. Shirat Dvorah, she says that the stars fought against Sisra, meaning that the stars heated up those iron bars that they had. And what happened? So when they did that, so this iron became too hot. So they went into the Nachal Kishon, they went into the, the stream, the river, the, uh, to, to cool it off, and also and also to wash up. Go now and pay back what I owe to the ocean. So what happened? Right then, so therefore there was a big surge of water in the Nachal Kishon, in that stream, and it sent them into the sea, etc. And actually, there's a whole discussion. I know that there's a lot of uh, people who study the Tanakh and they try to, you know, look at the history and look at the science, scientific aspects of the Tanakh. And they say that if you look at Shirat Vorat, it sounds like what happened, the way that they won the war was that there was like a surge, there was like a flood, basically, of Nachal Kishon that enabled them to win against great odds, you know, uh, that it helped them. And it, that's why Hashem, Dvorah wanted him to, wanted Barak to lure them down to that area because uh, because she knew from prophecy that that was, was going to happen, that it enabled them to win. But anyway, it pushed the bodies into the Yam. And, uh, and it, it says there, so, Nachal Kishon Kirafam, Nachal Kidumim. The Earl, like, Nachal Kidumim means the... the Ancient Nachal, my Nachal Kidumim, Nachal Shenasa Arev Mikedem, the one that was made into an Arev, a, uh, a guarantor from before. Then the fish of the sea said, We've been waiting to eat for the thousand years. Thank you for finally bringing it back. Right, Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. Who knows? There probably are sea aquatic creatures that live for hundreds of years. There are there are land animals that live for a very very long time, and uh, and you know hundreds of years. And probably there's we don't even know all the aquatic creatures. Could be Rabbi Shimon Lakish. Amar Rabbi Shimon Lakish. My dichti Moshevi Akira Tabayit. What does it mean that Hashem took the Akira Tabayit? Right, Moshevi Akira Tabayit ben Ema banim Semecha. Amar Knesset Yisrael Fnei Gadol Baruch Hu. Rivon Shalom. Samoni. Banecha, uh, your children have made me that your your children have made me like a uh, a weasel that li- lives on the uh, uh, under at the in the foundations of the building. Now, what does it mean that uh, your your sons have made me like the the uh, made me that way? So the uh, Rashbam says because of all the sins in the Galut. So basically, the people who are um, Knesset Israel is referring to the Zekenim v'Chashuvim Shebehen. In other words, they don't because of the. Um, because of the sins of the people, the people who should be prominent and respected, the tzaddikim and the righteous people, are downtrodden and treated badly and, and, and pushed down. And that's why the, um, and that's why they are, uh, you know, that's a keretabait, okay? Let's just do a little bit more because I, I, don't, I know I won't be able to finish all the way, but let's do a little more and leave, not leave too much for tomorrow. What does it mean that I love it when Hashem answers me? You only love it when, you don't love Hashem when uh, He doesn't answer you? That's, uh, that's not very nice, right? When do I know that I'm loved by Hashem? That's when Hashem hears me. It doesn't mean that I only love Hashem when He hears me. It means I can see that Hashem loves me when He, when, when he answers me, right? Um, I was lowered and Hashem uh, uh, saved me, right? Even though I am very 
poor in mitzvot, I'm very low in mitzvot, lecha ani, I belong to you, v'li na'ele oshia, and it's worth saving me because I, I, I deserve to be saved because I, you know, because of my commitment to Hashem, even though I come up short in many ways. Amav kanak, shechala Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi, when Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yossi, was uh, getting sick, shalach lo Rabbi, Rabbi asked him, amor lanu shnayim v'shoshat varim, shamarta la v'shum avicha, please tell us a few things that your father said, in other words, he wanted to consolidate the traditions before he died, basically, in case he would die, God, so then he, we wanted to make sure that he got all the traditions from his father, from uh, Rabbi Yossi, that were still extant. So, Shalach lo, kach that's what my father said. My dichtiv, hallelujah, Hashem, kol goyim. Why does it say all the nations should praise Hashem? Umot haolam, mayavitai. Why are the nations of the world praising Hashem? Hachikamar, hallelujah, Hashem, kol goyim. Because what is the end of the pasuk? Hallelujah, Hashem, kol goyim. Ki gavar lenu chasto. Why are they uh, praising Hashem? Ki gavar lenu chasto. So it says, no, it's two things. Hallelujah, Hashem, kol goyim. Agvod v'nif. David Badayu. They should be able to see the miracles and wonders that Hashem does for them. Kol shekenanu. And all the more so, that we have uh, received even more from Hashem than they have, so we should be even more grateful and expressing our thanks to Hashem than they would. Uh, and he also said, The Egyptians will in the future bring a gift to the Mashiach. And they're going to assume that, uh, you know, the assumption will be that, that the Mashiach will not be willing to receive a gift from the Egyptians because they were bad people. So Hashem will tell the Mashiach, take it. Right? Even though they were not so great, okay? Maybe it was only a three-star hotel, maybe a one-star, possibly zero, yeah. Zero-star hotel, but still, they provided housing for my children in Egypt, so therefore, take the gift. That's why it says the noblemen from Egypt will come with uh, gifts for the Mashiach. Right? So Kush, another country, says, you know what? If he, if, if he accepted it from the Egyptians, the Egyptians uh, enslaved them. So I, I didn't enslave, we didn't enslave the Jews, so we should be able to bring a gift too. And Hashem said, yeah, you should receive a gift from them too. That's why it says that Kush will bring its hand, will rush its hands to God, meaning they will bring a, uh, they will bring a gift also. But then, so then the Romans said, okay, so Right? All of these nations, they don't have any relationship with the Jewish people. We are their brothers because we come from Esav. So we are related. So relatives, you know, we, you know we're, we're mishpacha. We should be able to also bring gift. Right? So Hashem said to Gavriel, and, and this pasuk is, is a somewhat of a uh, uh, cryptic pasuk, which means like um, rebuke the animal of the reed. Okay, but how does it interpret it? Reject this wild animal and take the Jewish people instead. Meaning the Romans, we won't take, we won't take from them. Okay, uh, another interpretation. Reject this animal of the reeds that lives among the reeds. Because it talks about the... Um, the the pig lives among the reeds, right, and uh, in the forest, and, uh, and, and so it's saying, and that's a reference to Rome. That Rome is like a pig, so therefore we don't accept it from uh, we don't accept the gift from Rome because of their low quality. So Amar Rabbi 
יחייה ברבא, אמר בי יוחנן, גאוב חיה שכל מעשה נכתב כמו שכל. Reject this wild animal, meaning this Romans that are bad people, because they write everything with one pen, meaning they're always against the Jewish people. Everything they do is against Jewish people. Don't take it from there. One track mind, exactly. Adat abirim begle amim. What does adat abirim begle amim mean? Shishachtu abirim ka'agalim shenem ba'alim. That they slaughtered great people as if they were animals that had no owners. As if they were cows that have no owners. Mitrapes beratze kesef. What is mitrapes beratze kesef? These are all very obscure words. It says kesef sheposhtin yad lekabel mamon. Right? What does it mean? Mitrapes beratze kesef means mitrapes, he says it means opens the hand. Hand, like pasayad, right? Beratze kesef to take the money. Sheposhtin yad lekabel mamon. Not only do they take bribes, they don't even honor the bribes that they take. In other words, they say, "Yeah, bribe me for such and such," and then you give the bribe, and they don't even honor the the bribe that they that they took. Right? So, they, so it says, the, the, so they're very bad. Okay, and then pizar uh, amim. Well, uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting that they, obviously this must have been only put in writing after the, uh, you know, later on, because there's no way they would have gotten by the censors, that's for sure, right? And then it says, Bizar Amim Kavot Yechpatsu. What does that mean? <coughs> it means, Mi Garam Lahem Yisrael Sheit Pazu Lebein Umot HaOlam, Krevot Shayu Chafitzin Behen. So it says, um, what, is the, what is the cause that the Jewish people were spread out among all the nations? That's the end of these psukim that he's interpreting about Rome. It was the closeness that they sought with the nations of the world. In other words, because they kept trying to assimilate, Hashem made them wander from place to place so they could never assimilate. That's one interpretation that they have of, uh, of this drasha, that the, the fact that the Jewish people had a tendency to assimilate to their culture, therefore Hashem didn't make it easier for them, constantly had them leaving one culture after another. He also told them, in the capital of Rome, there are 365 towers. Right, so there are, there are 365 uh, uh, shukim. There are 365 uh, uh, markets. And in those 300, and each one has 365 towers. And each one had 365 levels. And on every one of the levels, there was enough riches or there was enough means to support the entire world. So you have 365 different uh, marketplaces with 365 different uh, towers, each one of which had 365 different levels, and each one of those levels could have sustained the entire world, meaning there's so much, there's so much wealth in Rome. There was so much insane wealth in Rome. It's obviously an exaggeration and the 365 is a, a number that means the number of days of the year. It's trying to make it, trying to write an exaggeration. But the point is, Amar, and what should actually say, Rabbi? It says, Rabbi Shimon Rabbi, right? Amar Shimon Rabbi, the Rabbi, and some say that it was... Uh, so that it was Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, the Rabbi, right? Said to him, It's for you and your friend and your uh, your partner, your study partner. I mean, he's saying that it's the, all of these riches are going to go to the tzaddikim, right? So, as it says, because it says that all of their uh, all of their merchandise and all of their money will be holy to Hashem. It's not going to be stored up and it's not going to be put away. 
Right? It's going to be for those who sit before Hashem. What does it mean it's not going to be stored up? It's not going to be put into a, like a storehouse. It's not going to be put into like a, uh, some kind of a vault or something like that. Right? What does it mean it's going to go to those who sit before Hashem? That's the person who is in the Yeshiva so much learning that he knows exactly where everyone sits. Right? Right? That, that's the person who always greets everybody in the Shiva. I Meaning he's there all the time. He's there early. He has a chance to greet everybody before the Shior begins. So I guess Bezrashem will start from here uh, next time. I went a little further than I planned, but that's uh, okay. What's the